You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I'm Smiley the dog. I am a mutt. I'm Smiley the dog. I'm super smiley. I'm a cat too sweet to travel kitty. I'm a good girlfriend. Angel's really pretty. I'm a pony. We share a big horse. We have a big yard. Yeah, we have to, of course. I'm a bull. In the summer, I stay cool. We live a fountain. Live in the mountain. Live high on the hump. Need to be a spokes dog. I'm Smiley the dog. I am a mutt. I'm Smiley the dog. I'm super smiley. Woof and Super Smiles. Welcome to a Super Smiley Adventure on Pet Life Radio, the largest pet radio network in the world. I'm Megan Blake, here with my sidekick, Giant Mutt Smiley. And congratulations to Smiley and to our team here, including our super cool producer, Mark Winner, for winning an honorary mention at the Genesis Awards presented by the Humane Society of the United States. Four paws up to HSUS for all the work they do to save and celebrate animals. And today, we're celebrating animals with an amazingly fun and impressively accomplished pet person. Bob Vettiri is the president of the American Pet Product Association, which is the world's largest trade organization for pet products. And he has recently authored a delightfully clever and insightful book, From Wags to Riches. Welcome, Bob Vettiri. Megan, thank you so much for having me. Bob, we are so happy that you are here. And to put who you are into perspective for Smiley's friends here, Bob has counseled Fortune 500 companies, including PetSmart, Walmart, and Nestle, and he's used the insights in his book to lead top management seminars. And these insights are based on who? You guessed it, on man's best friend, the dog. And Bob Smiley really likes that one. Bob has identified, (laughs) I like it too. In your book, Bob, Bob's identified different human personalities to correspond with management traits common to dog types. And Bob and I both are twos. We'll tell you about that and to help you figure out what you are when we come back from the break. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm Smiley the dog. I'm Super Smiley. Must rock. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back on a super smiley adventure on Pet Life Radio with Bob Fateri, president of the American Pet Products Association and author of From Wags to Riches. Bob, I love your book. It's fun, delightful, insightful, and it is true. It starts out, and I'm reading here, move over Jack Welsh and Warren Buffett. The new model for business leaders isn't a corporate superstar or one of America's wealthiest tycoons. It's the family dog. Bob, that's quite a statement. Explain your thinking here. Well, I have to be honest with you, Megan. Over the course of my life, I tried to learn things in school and go out and apply them in the real world and be the, the guy who knew everything. And slowly but surely, it dawned on me that um, not everybody wanted to adulate me as much as I thought they should. So I began <laughs> to pay more attention to my dog, who I noticed everybody loved. And I began to notice some of why people loved him and began to realize that, you know what? He's pretty bright. He knows the right way to listen, the right way to pay attention, the right way to have people respond positively to him. And slow but sure, I got to to paying more and more attention to it and found a whole lot of tips that make a whole lot of sense. That's so smart to find something or someone where everything's working for them and then model your behavior after them, right? Exactly. Exactly the way it happened. Well, you know, dogs have been around so much longer than corporate structures, and and you obviously live and thrive in both worlds, in the corporate world and the dog world. So did you see the dog as the role model even before that, maybe as a child bonding with dogs, just realizing that they kind of lived in the moment and that they knew where it was at, so to speak? Well, you know, it's a great question because this is one of those, until I had my aha moment, I didn't realize the things that I was learning from just watching and playing with my dog. It was not long after I graduated college and, and got out into the real world, and I was a supervisor in a uh, plastic bag plant. And everybody who was working for me had years of experience. But, of course, I was the hotshot kid out of college, so, of course, I knew more than everybody and walked in and began to tell everybody exactly <laughs> how to do their jobs. So you can imagine that went over well. So it was one of those things where it was right around that point where I had a, an Irish setter and I learned from that. I, I observed the Irish setter, kind of paid attention to what was going on. And that's when I kind of had, like I said, an aha moment where it hit me what was going on. Then I felt all the way back to when I was a little kid, my dog Duke and, and uh, all the other dogs that I had growing up. And, and that's when I began to realize a lot of the success I had, a lot of the things that I learned were really being transferred to me from my dog. I just didn't realize it at the time. And dogs, as we mentioned, they live in a very simple world. They don't have all the complexities of the computers and the the interactions. They really distill it down. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we get lost in all the technology and all the other gadgets and widgets and whatever that are all around us. And we sometimes forget that it really comes down to interpersonal relationships, interpersonal behavior. You need to convince somebody of something, whether you're doing it with a computer or you're doing it with a PowerPoint presentation or whatever, it still gets down to you want to influence that person. That's what your dog is doing all the time. Your dog is looking for, for affection, <laughs> he's looking for friendship, he's looking to play. Little Smiley is just all the time, you know, looking to you for whatever, you know, you're willing to give him. So that's what it comes down to after you get done with all the other distractions. 
That's right. And you mentioned the dogs always observing us. Dogs are always learning from us. I tell people this, that no matter what the person's doing, like if they open the door and the dog runs out the door, you've just taught your dog that he's allowed to run out the door. So the dogs are always observing humans. And I think it's really smart because I do this too, that we learn to observe our dogs and learn from them. I love that. And you mentioned dogs as, this is what you, you said in the book, as a genetic pilot for the human race. I love that phrase. How did they guide us to where we are as the human race? Well, if you think about it, you know, they started as wolves and then slowly but surely some of them got brave enough to become, to start to socialize with humans and realize that there was a, uh, some kind of a bond there, a human animal bond that, that was taking place. And so the ones that no longer wanted to be that lone wolf, the one that just struck out on its own, wanted that kind of companionship, wanted to to uh, begin to benefit from the relationship with people, that's when you started to see dogs teaching us at the same time we were teaching them. It's, you know, you made a great point a moment ago. We're as much a student of the dog as the dog is a student of us. Because whether we realize it or not, like you said, when the dog is running outside, as soon as we open the door, he's trained us to open the door to let him outside. So <laughs> right. it, it really goes both ways. I'm sure your smiley is just like my Dakota, and he's got me really just grooved to everything he needs and wants and whenever he wants it. So it's that kind of behavior. But you made another great point in there that while the we could learn from watching the dog, like the dog is, like you said, is very observant. You could change facial expressions, and your dog knows that you've either just become happier or sadder and reacts accordingly. You, the, the fun thing is to, is to speak to your dog and say, like, you're a bad dog, but say with a big smile on your face and his tail wags, or tell him, <laughs> right. that you, love him, tell him you love him while you're screaming at him, and, and he puts his tail between his legs. So he's reacting to your mannerisms, your facial expressions. Humans do the same thing. I think there was a, a study that came out that said only 7% of how you influence a human being is the words you actually use. 38% is the way you say it, and the other 50% is just your mannerisms, your body language. So dogs are, are absolutely attuned to that. As we as humans would pick up that same talent, we would be a lot more successful in interpersonal relationships. I absolutely agree a trillion percent. I'm always saying animals communicate with energy and body language, and that's exactly what you're saying. And it takes it back to what we said a little while ago, that it's very, very simple. You don't necessarily have to have. It's wonderful to have a beautiful vocabulary. We can express more specific things, but it all boils down to that energy and body language, and that's where the communication really flies forward and where where the meaning comes, right? 100% 100% spot on. Exactly a great observation. And here's another observation. With so many CEOs having dogs and many more actually relative to the general population, do you think those dogs actually help the CEOs? Oh, and you, you know, when you, you saw there was a number of interviews in the book. Yes. Everyone we talked to, it was the same thing. I mean, they, they immediately went to why they were better off because of the dog. Whether it was just because you get in a really tense phone conversation, your dog jumps up in your lap, and all of a sudden, you can handle that conversation so much better. I mean, something as simple as that. But beyond that, so many of these CEOs talked about the way that they identified with their dog, the things that their dog made them more comfortable, made the workplace more comfortable, made saw people interact with the dogs and thus break down barriers when the CEO would try to talk to other people. So, I mean, there's just so many little pieces that you're picking up when you're allowing the dog to, as you say, train you. 
Right. And along the lines of what you're saying, they're like grounding instruments. You were talking about if you're having a, a tense phone call and you just touch your dog. I find that I do feel my heart rate relaxing. I feel my blood pressure going down. I, I literally just become happier. I like to say they increase our happy chemicals. Do you like that one? <laughs> I absolutely love that one. And you know, it's funny. <laughs> you hit on, which I love the terminology. I'm going to start using it, by the way. <laughs> Just give me credit, Mom. Give me credit. (laughs) I absolutely will. According to Megan, my happy chemicals are now in full swing. We're actually, at American Pet Product Association, we are actually one of the founders of an organization called the Human-Animal Bond Research Initiative, which is absolutely dedicated to studying the human health benefits of having a pet and having a dog. And there really are, I mean, I, I sat through a scientific seminar explaining it scientifically. I understood none of the words that came out of this folks' mouth, but I did understand that there was a scientific basis for saying that your blood pressure goes down, how autistic children fare better with having a pet around, how uh, seniors react better, and so on and so forth. All these, I mean, there's actually real reasons why it happens. It's not just my, my dog makes me feel good. There's actually a reason why your dog makes you feel good. So I think there's so much to be derived from there. I don't know if you saw in the beginning, one of the folks I dedicated the book to was Perseus, who used to be our, uh, our dog, at, our, our work dog. One of the guys would bring this French bulldog into work every day, and it was just a bundle of energy. But it got, after a while of coming in, this dog knew when I was having a bad phone call. And he would honestly make it come in. He would jump up in my lap when he could hear I was on the verge of losing it. And it would just all fall into place. And suddenly the car went smoother and, and uh, everything just felt that much better. Well, absolutely. And once again, that goes back to the energy that they communicate with. He was sensing your energy shift and he wanted to get it back into a balanced state, I guess we could say. And I'm so glad that you brought up the therapy dogs and all of the study initiatives. Smiley and I are also a therapy team with Delta Pet Partners. And we're also a Hope Crisis Response Team, which we can go into disaster areas with Hope, which is a national organization, as a comfort team to literally use the dog to comfort people that have experienced, you know, catastrophes. So you're right. There's so much scientific evidence. And as well, organizations are being founded across the United States to use these dogs, to use their talents. And that's that's what we should do, right? That's absolutely right. First of all, congratulations. And I commend you and Smiley for being a part of that effort because that is oh, thank really you. a wonderful, wonderful effort that is so helpful to so many people during times of crisis and during times of, of distress. That's just great. I tip my hat to both of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bob. And you know what? That's a good spot for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Bob about the different types of CEO personalities and how they correspond to different dog traits and different dog breeds. That's going to be really fun. Bob and I, we're a number two, and it's good to be a mixture. And you listeners can find out what you are. So we're going to take a break now. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. 
Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash super and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash super. S-U-P-E-R. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash adventure, A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back on a super smiley adventure on Pet Life Radio. I'm Megan Blake, and we're here with Bob Vittieri, president of the American Pet Products Association and author of From Wags to Riches. Now, in From Wags to Riches, Bob, you break down seven breeds of managers. Tell us about those, and the listeners, we can all try to figure out what kind of dog we are. Megan, it was such fun putting this section together because you really do find that people are kind of like their dogs. Top dog number one, we talk about the tenacious terrier. This is the scrappy, independent leader, the small dog who really takes on bigger and stronger competitors, and he's always, you know, wants to go for the big deal no matter how high the stakes, and we all know terriers. Then you had mentioned top dog number two, which uh, you and I share in common, and that's the golden retriever. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if I would have guessed myself to be a golden retriever, but I was reading the characteristics, and I just fell right in there. Tell everybody about that one. And see, well, let's you, see if they agree. Let's see if they agree. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> right, by the way, one of the beautiful things about this test is let other people tell you after they read it what they think you are. You, oh, you really that's, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Okay, go ahead. T- let's share it. Okay, top dog number two. Obviously, you're the boss everybody loves. The good nature and people-oriented person who's a terrific judge of character. You read body language and emotional cues extremely well, making you a natural leader and a top-notch motivator. 
I could hear that in your voice, and, and you're the <laughs> person who's the spokesperson, and, and, and you know, somebody that people will listen to and pay attention to because you're sensitive to people. And also in that, when it was talking about great enthusiasm, and sometimes it's a, like a lot of enthusiasm for people, and I think that, especially with our super smiley flash mobs, I think that's what threw me into that category. That was just a no-brainer for me. <laughs> well, it was funny because that's a strength and a weakness because we've determined the weaknesses. You're so energetic that you could easily overwhelm the staff and drive them to exhaustion. And I can- Exactly. No, I saw yeah. that one too. I'm actually right there. There you go. Yeah, my staff absolutely lifted me and said, oh yeah, no problem there. <laughs> So, Bob, you're a number two as well, right? I'm mostly a number two, but I'm also a little bit of a number three, the border collie. Oh, my gosh. With my hybrid, that's what I would be also. I'd be border collie. So, let's know. So, let's tell everybody about the border collie. Well, it has it all. Smarts, independence, the ability to get the best (laughs) from others. Of course, it's us. (laughs) 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 The breed is a natural CEO. Its weaknesses are very few. Uh, you can be anxious and demanding, but you're also protective of your pack and extremely loyal. To me, the Border Collie is the guy who, when you have a lot of really brilliant people working for you, you, you're smart enough to let them go off on their own in different directions, but you're always hurting them back toward the goal that you all share. And that's, that's a really tricky thing to do, so uh, that's a good thing to be. Well, you know what? I had a Border Collie, and he was so Border Collie. It was amazing. Actually, he had been traumatized during his fear imprint stage, so he was always very, very afraid of other humans. And when people saw him, he looked like a shy little dog. When he was at our house with the horses and the dogs and the cats, he was absolutely the alpha dog. And he watched everybody, and he circled everyone, and he danced around, and he patrolled his fence. So so I learned a lot from my Border Collie, and his name was Guardian, which is a very a good name for a Border colleague. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. (laughs) Number four. Number four is a Rottweiler, the kind of leader who sets a course of action and absolutely sees it through. Not likely to squander company resources on ideas that have little chance of succeeding. You're just ultra-focused. A weakness is a good protector often ends up as the old guard. Once the younger generation comes along, you sit and kind of get married to an idea and, and work it. Number five, you're a husky. You're an independent thinker. Serenely independent and perform with little direction from above. Uh, you're exceptionally strong and hardworking and able to carry a heavy load. You know, maybe a weakness is they tend to roam and follow their own impulses, which is where a border collie comes in to, to get them back <laughs> onto the <laughs> mainstream again. So we're good here. That's right. Um, number six is you're a poodle, elegant but aloof leader. They're sensitive, thorough, highly energetic, easily bored. They also like to shake things up. You're the best described as a quick study. You're the natural mischief maker. And they say or do, I guess I have some of that in me too, now that I'm reading it. Um, they say or do astonishing things. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, because I'm, no, I'm still identifying with that lab and, and border collie. I think that's it for me. But okay, good. So you're a little poodle there. I've got a little bit of poodle in you too, Bob. Good. <laughs> I think I'm just a nut as I go through this. But um, number seven, then the last one is a bloodhound. That's the kind of CEO or entrepreneur who could sniff out new ideas and cover an astounding range of territory. They could follow a trail that's several days old and distinguish the scent of one person from the next. They can go beyond accepted boundaries and come up with the products and services that no one has ever dreamed of. These would be the kind of folks you want in your R&D lab and, and, and those types of folks. Their, their biggest problem is they don't know when to stop. They love the thrill of the pursuit and will keep on chasing one lead after another. And didn't you say that Steve Jobs was a good example of the bloodhound? Is that correct? Am I right there? The bloodhound was Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. These R and D people that really, really made made mega difference in, in our entire world. But Bob, you know what? You sound a little bit like a bloodhound to me too, because you're the CEO of an amazing organization, and you're out there finding the right things for everybody. I think. Well, I appreciate that. I am definitely the guy who never knows when to stop. So I guess I got a little <laughs> bit of that thrown in me. So there you go. And, and you know what? I love your conclusion on this topic. And Smiley especially gives this four paws up. The best CEOs are hybrids. Mutts rock. How about that? Absolutely. Because there's no one situation. There's no one one way to manage. You know, if you're a CEO, you've got so many different situations that you're confronted with. You have to be smart enough to know when to be any one of these breeds and when to react a certain way. Uh, And so I always felt that being a hybrid, you know, being any one of these, obviously people are successes who are predominantly any one of these, but any one of the folks that I put in any one of the categories still has some of the other breed in them, which has made them that much more successful. Uh, Richard Branson is one of the bloodhounds, but he's obviously got some golden retriever in there because people really respect him and work with him and stuff. So you've got all little bits of that in there. Right. And Bob, in From Wags to Riches, you also identify some rules we should follow, like look for dog-like friendliness, forgive your clients. But tell us about rule number three, take a canine approach to customer relations. Tell us about that one. Well, again, that goes back to what we were talking about before. If you have to deal with customers and deal with people, go to the, like you said, go to the ones who absolutely get it the best, absolutely know how to work with people the best. Watch people, let people be themselves and, and learn from what they're doing. Learn from how they react, what they say, what their body language is saying. So those types of canine sense more than anything else like that is, is what's going to help you get ahead and get, get into, inside people's heads and understand what they're talking about. You have to create an unforgettable service and make a positive connection with your customers, and that's what your dog is doing with you. Right. I love that. And going right along with that, you also say, think with your heart, which is what dogs do. They're able to deliver information in the simplest and most direct ways that makes it so easy to understand, right? That's absolutely right. You know, if you, if you just put yourself into the position of the person you're talking to, what would I react positively to? You're going to find yourself coming up with all the things that your dog does with you and the reason why you react so positively with your dog. I can come home after the world's worst day. And you know, if I could talk to my wife, but she may have had a bad day too. So we both sit there going, well, how come you're not more sympathetic to me? I could turn, I could turn to Dakota. I can unload the entire day on him. He sits there and he looks at me. He looks at me. He looks at me. When I'm finally done, he kind of walks up, licks my face, goes, do you feel better? Let's go play. Exactly. Oh, and that's my next question is one chapter you actually have have named cultivate a canine sense of play. I love that. How do you cultivate play in your work environment, Bob? How do you do that? Like the same way as my dog does it. You have to be willing to work with people in a way that makes them feel comfortable. You can't make people be afraid to make a mistake because then then they don't do anything. You have to be willing to play. You have to be willing to do something different. It's almost the way you would instill creativity in people. Just get them to look at the same thing as everybody else, but see it differently. Do things different. So every time you can get people to break out of the mundane, they're going to feel better. They're going to feel like they've accomplished something, like, they've, like they're important, like you've allowed them to contribute, and then they're going to just go out of their way then to keep contributing. So learn how to play with them. Don't just tell people what to do. 
let them come to the conclusion of what the right thing to do is and, and let them believe that they were part of the answer. And, and that's the, the easiest way to get that, that playfulness into the workplace that you just, you're happy to come to work. You don't dread coming to work. And that's hopefully my employees all feel that way because we play a lot of work. We get a lot that's, done. But That sounds so cool, Bob. And it also goes along with spontaneity. I'm an actor and I love working with kids and dogs because that is where the spontaneity lives. That's where the life is. And I know Smiley agrees with that. And I think that's your rule number three, right? Embrace the spontaneity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely the case. And, and honestly, Megan, you're secure enough to allow the dog to steal the thunder and to, and to be the center <laughs> of attention. And you know that's okay. And that's the right way to be. Not everybody could be like that. A lot of people get jealous and they think that a kid or the dog is going to steal the spotlight away from them. That's the whole point of it. And then you're better off for it. So that type of play, that type of allowing the people around you that you've hired who are supposedly good at what they do, let them be great at what they do because then you only look better. Absolutely. So we've been talking about dogs, but in From Wags to Riches, you also investigate a separate bunch of little sages, puppies. So what do puppies have for the CEOs? Oh, puppy, you think about how a puppy learns. (laughs) You know, there's so much you can learn from how your puppy learns. The best example is your puppy will do something, whether it's wet the floor or chew up the morning newspaper or anything. Immediately, your reaction is how that puppy interprets whether what it just did was good or bad. Same as with people. It doesn't do any good to do an annual appraisal and say, you know, 11 months ago you did this wrong and I really was upset with that, but I didn't say anything to you for the last 11 months. Well, the person has just developed a whole series of of behaviors based on the fact that when you didn't say anything 11 months ago, they thought it was fine. It's got to be that immediate reaction. And that puppy... That's the way a puppy learns. That's the way Smiley learns. That's the way Dakota learns is to watch that immediate reaction. And that to me is the essence of the puppy theory is just to, to, treat, to have people learn from you the same way as your puppy learned from you. And this isn't to say that everybody works for you as a dog or anything else like that in a negative sense. It's, it's that there's just so much similarity in the, in the learning curves and the reaction that your puppy or your dog has to people and to actions that other humans also have the same types of reactions. Absolutely. That goes back to what we were talking about, that your dogs watch you and they learn from every single movement you make. You sit down on the sofa and they jump up. That means that every time you sit down, they're allowed to jump up on the sofa, whatever it is, anything just that simple. Exactly. And I love, I love what you point out about, I'm quoting you, you say the bad CEO. Dogs will not follow an unstable leader but humans will. That is such an interesting observation because you're right. Dogs in the pack, they will find the right leader. They will not follow an unstable leader, but humans will. Will you talk about that just a little bit? Such an interesting observation. Oh, I mean, you could look at, you know, you look at the Tony Haywards from BP and, and other folks that I mentioned in the book that, you know, they just, they thought they were right. They were the lone wolf. They were the, the rogue CEO that just did things their own way and everybody followed along behind them because he's the boss, so obviously he must know what he's doing, but you, you make such a great point. Watch a pack of dogs. You, know, you talk about the alpha dog, and maybe when a, a pack of dogs first gets together, they kind of defer to one dog to start to identify you know, what's good and what's bad, but once a pack has learned to work together, much like a, a workforce, now they recognize that maybe one dog knows where the best food is. Maybe another dog knows where the safest place to sleep is. Maybe another dog 
is the one who's the best guardian if to confront uh, an outside threat. And each different dog has got a place where it excels at, and the pack is smart enough to follow that dog. If they're looking for food, they follow, you know, the Smiley. If they're looking for a place to sleep, they follow Dakota. If they're looking for, you know, some defense, they go out and find the Rottweiler that they're looking for. So, I mean, they're smart enough to do that. You have to be smart enough to recognize the same thing. I tell everybody I hire, I can't do your job better than you. If I could, I wouldn't need you. So you do your job better than I could ever hope to do. So go ahead and do it. And I will stand behind you and support you in every which direction I have to. And then when I need something else done, I go to somebody else who that's their expertise. And so as a CEO, you have to know how to blend this and who to follow when you're going in any one given direction. Right. And you also touch on dogs in the family structure we've been talking about in the business environment. And you talk about in the family structure about their roles as teachers in nursery rhymes and in mythology. And they've always been entwined with us. How do dogs work in the family structure as it relates to what we've been talking about, the business structure? Well, you know, after I got married, we had dog uh, a golden before we had kids. But once we had kids, you watched the way they reacted with the dog and the way the dog reacted with them. And I swear, Megan, there were times when I think the dog was a better parent than I was. The kids identified positively with him. They were able to bond with him. They, they had somebody they could always turn to no matter what they did. They always had that confidant. And slowly but surely, you know, you begin to realize that that's such a positive influence on the kids as the kids are, are growing and developing so that there was somebody other than mom and dad that they could turn to with their their deepest dark secrets and so on and so forth. So, you know, I think to me that dog presence within the family gives everybody something that they can't necessarily comfortably get from another human. It's something that, that, you know, I could get from Dakota that I don't quite as comfortably get. I don't feel as, as open and as comfortable getting it from you know, one of the kids or from my wife or something like that. And like I said, just that really bad day, somebody who I know isn't going to try to have a worse day than me. So you wind up with that being an important part of the family dynamic. And you find that, you know, I think it's two-thirds of the the people in this country have some kind of a pet, or almost half the households in this country have a dog. And you can can almost tell dog people when, when you're talking to them. You can tell people who have or have had a dog just... There's different mannerisms. There's different ways they react to people. And that's something that you just unconsciously are getting from having that dog around all the time. Right. I believe that dogs have a purity of spirit that teaches purely. And that's what you were talking about. The children may not be able to get something from their parents, but with the dog there, they're going to learn a lesson from the dog. And I know in my life that animals are teachers and healers and that each animal has a unique lesson. That's one of my basic life beliefs. For example, my horse Starfire, he was headed to slaughter when we met and he teaches me, he's so beautiful now and and he teaches me a passion for life every day. And Toot Sweet, the travel kitty, he reminds me to laugh. And Angel, my German shepherd, she was abandoned four times. She always reminds me of the importance of family and bonding. And our Mr. Smiley here, he's just so grounded. And at the same time, he has such a sense of adventure. He gives me the mission to share the wonder of all these amazing animals and and just to always do it with a giant smile. That's the lab again, just engaged with a giant smile. And so bringing it all home, what is your personal dog, Dakota? What does Dakota want to say to sum all of this up? <laughs> <laughs> You said it well with Smiley. I mean, Dakota's a golden retriever, so he's in the same 
the same general family, and it's the same thing. Just smile. Don't let any problem be bigger than it really is, and always have faith that as you go forward, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be fine. Just accept the good. Always be willing to accept the good, and, and life is going to get real fun for you. I love that. And Bob, thank you so much for writing this wonderful book from Wags to Riches and for joining us here on a Super Smiley Adventure. This is amazing. I want to encourage everybody to go out and get this book. It's just fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Megan. It was, a, it was fun to write. It's been fun talking to you about it. It's just, it's just so much of it is upbeat. You just feel good when you get done with it. Absolutely. And Smiley has some more adventures coming up. Bob, maybe you can join us on more of our adventures. Smiley has a super smiley flash mob for pet adoption. We're also going to be doing a flash mob at the National Dog Party Day in San Diego, which is coming up in June, and at Pet Post USA's mega adoption event in July. This is Smiley's way to energize pet adoption, and his videos are at smileythedog.com. So, Bob, we're going to have to have you and Dakota come flash mob with us. <laughs> that would be great, and I think Dakota loving every minute of this. <laughs> All right. Well, there'll be some big smiles going on. I can tell you that much. And so thank you again to Bob Vettiri. Once again, Bob's book is From Wags to Riches. And thank you to all of these amazing animals who have so much to teach and to share. We're their leaders, but if we're open to where they lead, they will always take us on amazing adventures. Right, Bob? Absolutely. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Megan Blake here with Smiley, leaving you with Woof and Super Smiles. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.